Hey everybody, I'm Tim Muma and you're listening to localjobnetwork.com radio. This is Management Decisions, a podcast designed to help out employers, including upper management and executives. And we're doing that in part by checking in on a number of Fortune's best 100 companies to work for. And that would include Zappos.com, an online shoe and clothing store based in Las Vegas. To get a look behind the curtain, so to speak, we have John Wolski, the Zappos culture evangelist. So clearly the right man for this show. John, thanks for coming on LGN Radio. Oh, thanks for having me. So first and foremost, I can't move on until we ask, what exactly is a culture evangelist? Well, my role is to uh, is actually travel to conferences, company trainings, and uh, give presentations to share the approach that we have to culture, how it's driving our service and our brand, and then ultimately to hopefully inspire people to do things a little differently for, for their people and their business. Well, that's uh, exactly what we're trying to do with some of these shows, give people ideas, inspire them, as you said. So I guess give listeners a, a little bit of an idea for those that don't know what Zappos is all about, maybe your values, a little bit about your mission and, and what it is really that encompasses Zappos. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, at the at the core of the surface, we are a, an online retailer. We sell shoes and clothing and accessories. But over the years, we've grown into so much more than just that. That's the function of our business. That's what we do. But who we are has been driving our brand and our success. So uh, in 2005, we actually went through a process to define the values and the culture of the company. Mm-hmm. We came up with a list of 10 core values. And in, in no particular order, uh, we have deliver wow through service, embrace and drive change, create fun and a little weirdness, be adventurous, creative and open-minded, pursue growth and learning, build open and honest relationships with communication, build a positive team and family spirit, do more with less, be passionate and determined and be humble. And that's really defined our brand and our decision-making process and our guidelines moving forward. So in every interaction, we, we hope that what you see is our culture, these values in action, um, and our really big focus, I call this a culture of service, hmm. is delivering great experiences that will ultimately be great for our customers and great for our brand. Now, of course, I'm sure we'll touch on a number of those values just in our conversation, but is there one thing that you would point to that really stands out about your organization compared to the competition or something that really does just make it sound like, oh, that is a great place to work for? Well, I think, uh, I mean, the values themselves are all very good as well, but I think it's actually the commitment to the culture Mm -hmm. that is the standout that makes it so different. It's not that this is something we have and it exists and just there. This is central to who we are. uh, Our business strategy since 2005 has been to focus on the culture make that a priority for the company with the understanding that if we get the culture right, everything else is going to fall into place for it. Sure. Now, speaking of that culture, uh, you know, recent news had come out about a move to a holocratic design for Zappos. Uh, can you explain quickly what that is and, and why there was this shift or why this was idea to, to use this method? Yeah, absolutely. We, we've always really enjoyed um, autonomy and empowering our employees and letting people you know, own the work and do the work. In the traditional management structure, uh, you, you end up managing people a lot, mm-hmm. not just not the work so much. So holacracy, it's a different system of governance. It is more focused around the work. So instead of a job title and a person being tied to that directly, it's around here's a role and, and there's work that needs to be filled by that role. Here are the accountabilities. And then whoever holds that role really owns that work. And so it's not completely removing hierarchy and things like that. What it's giving us a chance to do is to say, if in, in my in my instance, if John's doing the speaking, let let's let him own the speaking, mm-hmm. and there's less micromanaging. Um, you know, 
there are still ways to process uh, if there is a concern or an issue that's come up. There's, there's, the systems are in place for all that. But the real big focus is just letting people to, to really become leaders of their own work. Okay. Because I do think that's one thing that people ask, like, well, how do you know uh, who takes the lead on something and, and how do you handle that? I mean, so what would you say are the challenges to focusing much more on the work and letting someone own it? I mean, there must be some sort of issue that other companies haven't, you know, jumped in and, and done this right away. Yeah, no, I, I mean, for us, we're even just getting started. So, right. you know, a lot of these questions we'll, we'll get much more in depth with the answers to as we go through. But what we're looking at right now is, is just, you know, what's going on already? And so then in this new system, let's make that, let's assign that person that role, if it makes sense. Right. And, uh, and we've already been doing that kind of in our own way, letting people find kind of the right positions and the right roles in the company. Um, this is actually a way that it's a little bit more freeing for management and for the employee, because, you know, if you find that a role might not be the right role for you, you might actually work your way into a completely different circle you know, of work and doing something completely different. And instead of having a process by which you're moving from department to department, it's just a part of how the operate the whole entire organization works. Sure. So yeah, so right now we're, we're really just going by what are you doing right now? And let's create roles in this system, uh, knowing full well that as we move forward, everything's going to be moving and changing and adapting to make this work the best for us. Right. Out of curiosity, because I, I wonder how much this plays a role, how many employees does Zappos have that this would sort of affect in a way? So we have 1,500 employees okay. uh, here in Las Vegas, and uh, right now we're probably somewhere between 15 and 20% implemented and in, in working in the new system. Mm-hmm. So you know, the big goal for this year is to, is to make this a system that the entire company is using, and we will be, I think, one of the largest companies using this system of governance once we get everybody on board. Okay. Well, that's cool. Yeah. I mean, just people talking around here, you know, we always felt like, okay, on a small scale, it seems like it would work, but uh, obviously the, the more people you have, uh, we're wondering how that'll pan out. So of course, that'll be something I think a lot of people will be keeping their eye on as you guys move forward. With that in mind, I guess, how would you describe the overall leadership style and how management is? And I understand with the shift, there is sort of a, a different way of thinking already, but I, what would you pinpoint as, as being that style of leadership? So I think it really comes down to our leadership style has been and, and will remain very much a coaching leadership style. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's not just nitpicking and micromanaging. It, it really is finding what works best for the people in the organization. You know, I started with Zappos over six years ago in the call center as a, as a customer loyalty team member. And it was a team lead who took that coaching approach and said, you know, hey, John, there's this new position opening, opening up and we need somebody who is passionate about our culture and wants to share it. And we need somebody who's comfortable speaking in front of groups to give tours of the office. So I had never thought of giving tours as a career path. Right. <laughs> but because the, my lead paid attention to who I am beyond the job that I'm doing, she was able to coach me then into the right role. So I was in charge of tours for a few years, grew with the, the team and the program, uh, and then handed that off because another manager in, in, now in Zappos Insights said, you know, we've got all these requests for somebody to go out and speak on behalf of Zappos, and we want to formalize mm-hmm. that process. So very much like what we did with the tours, where we made it an offering and a process. Can you do that with, with speaking? And so it was just very natural. It, it wasn't even, I wouldn't say even a struggle on either, on either parts to say John's the right guy for this job. If the skills are there in the employee and they, they feel like it might be a good move, let's point them in that direction at least. And then everybody wins because I'm engaged with the role that I'm in. Sure. I'm happier and doing a better job, which means obviously productivity is, is there. So the company wins as well. And you're not just spinning wheels at a, at a job anymore. It really is about how can I be a bigger part of 
of this thing and this thing being Zappos in the culture. And it even has a higher purpose than being a shoe store. You know, we're really focused on the experiences. So I've just worked my way into a role where I get to talk about that all day. <laughs> yeah. And that's a, a terrific example of what you're talking about too, of, of how things work over there. So I think, I think that's really cool to hear that and to be able to speak to you um, right from the horse's mouth. No offense, of course. <laughs> Now, what are what are some ways that you would say the organization really does show value to its employees? And I know it could be a million different ways and it could be different depending on, you know, where the company is or what exactly they do. But what would you point to as saying, here's how we really show value to, to our employees? So I think a lot of it is, is just real commitment and alignment to something, mm-hmm. you know, to the values. And, and we even have the statement that, you know, it doesn't matter what your values are as long as you are really committed to them. And so that shows people value. It shows people value that in their role that they are a part of something bigger. Uh, and then we do really simple things like just simply sharing with the entire company. So anytime I log into our, our system, there's a, an area on the left side that has information like a news feed. Okay. And any, any person can submit something to their manager to have posted on there. So hmm. we do sharing great calls when a customer calls or emails back about a, a great experience. We share that. Hey, here's, here's what John did on this call. Sure. Any promotion, you know, babies being born, the whole nine yards, it's there. And people get a lot more of a boost out of the company saying, hey, everyone, we want to share this with you. <laughs> right. Then, hey, everyone, we gave this guy more money. Mm-hmm. You know, so what we do really, I think, to keep people really positive and happy is that we we just share the, the good stuff with everybody. Right. And there's there's less, you know, if, if you implement a, a dollar sign to, to good behavior or to good performance, there's resentment and things that, that build and come out of it. And the dollar signs, the, the reward is only good for a short period of time. And then you start wondering why you didn't get it again. And, you know, in this case, people really want to hear, thank you, you've done a good job. And we want to tell other people that you've done a good job. Sure. And you get a much bigger boost than, than just out of a financial reward. Along those lines, you know, I wanted to touch on just a couple of the, the core values and, and maybe talk a little bit of uh, some of the fun stuff that you guys do have going on. But a couple that jumped out at me just quickly off the page, you mentioned weirdness as being uh, one of those values. Can you, can you explain that to the listeners, wh- why that's a value and how that looks over there? Yeah, absolutely. And this, this is one that executives tend to, uh, to, to get a little weird around. When you tell them that, that core to our business, create fun and a little weirdness, right, right. is equally as important as delivering great experiences and, and doing more with less. What that really means is we're human beings. We're going to make work fun, right? In the world's most strict office, you may have a best friend and you make it fun in your own way, right? Mm -hmm. So why not just say it's okay to make it fun? We don't have a core value that says work really, really hard. We know that you're going to do that. Don't work too hard. So creating fun (laughs) is is simply taking time that you might need when you're just done staring in the computer screen for a little while. You know, you can just get up and and, and get a break, get some fresh air, get some coffee. So make it fun. Make, Make sure that you're taking care of yourself. And then the a little weirdness part is just that you're bringing yourself to work. Mm-hmm. You're being yourself. So I don't have to, to get in my car and, and think, okay, wait, I'm going from home now. I need to become work, John. I just get to be John all day long because there are things in my personality that are going to help with the role. And if I just come in you know, and act like somebody else or do, do things differently than I think I should, then we're not going to get the best results or maybe the best innovation uh, that we can. So create fun and a little weirdness while it sounds like it's all toga parties and and parade, which you know may may happen, maybe occasionally, yeah. That's right. It's really more about just make sure you're not burning yourself out, and and make sure that you're you're being yourself. We want to celebrate that. I, I think that's definitely something that resonates with a lot of people across different industries. The other one that stood out to me um, is just the idea of be humble 
Where does that come from? How How is that portrayed in that work environment at Zappos? Yeah, there's a lot of cool examples, I think. And is it okay to say there's cool examples of being humble? <laughs> <laughs> you know, our CEO, Tony Shea, is a great example of be humble. In the downtown area where our new office is here in Las Vegas, you know, people approach Tony like he's a superstar. Mm-hmm. And you never want to, I've never seen him turn any, anybody away if they want to talk to him, shake his hand, get a picture. But he comes into work and his desk is literally in the middle of everything. There's not a locked door around it. He's got the same size desk space as everybody else. And if he's not talking on the phone or in a meeting, he's first and foremost a team member. He's available for discussion. So I think Tony's a great example of be humble. And then the overall kind of outlook, core value number five is pursue growth and learning. Sure. So we know that we're doing great things. We, we've been on the, the Fortune Best Companies to Work for list six years in a row. And there are things that we're doing that are getting noticed. But if we don't stop and, and realize that we can always learn and grow, can always be doing something differently, then we've probably lost core value 10, be humble, because we think, well, we're just the best. Mm-hmm. You know, the stat that, that we are the biggest online shoe store isn't a stat that I heard from a Zappos employee. It was from somebody I, I met when I was speaking, you know, in a different city. Sure. It's that sort of thing that, that we're doing good things. We have a good focus. It's working really well, but let's just always look for what we can be doing next. And let's not ever say that we're the best at anything. Let's just do, try, do our best and, and try hard and then we'll remain very humble. Another interesting aspect that I, I just recently read about is um, a development of a, a neighborhood so that employees can have access to places to live, socialization. Uh, I guess, what, what is the reasoning behind this type of step and what might that look like for Zappos in the future? Yeah, so that's a, a little different uh, project. Obviously, us moving our, our headquarters into the downtown area mm-hmm. is a big part of that so that we can have our 1,500 employees you know, active in this community. But it's really um, a different company altogether actually called called Downtown Project. Okay. And they really are building uh, businesses, startups, and things like that. Okay. With a big focus of, hey, we're moving the Zappos employees down there. Let's also make sure there are services and housing. But then on the bigger picture, what can can DTP, as we call it, be doing for the community to make an impact? And they've actually caught some flack from the local community because they aren't doing like, you know, big open free public parks. Mm -hmm. They're starting businesses. Sure. So it is, it's an investment that they're making and they're making, you know, huge investment. I think it's a total of like $350 million between all the different focuses. But as a brand, Zappos has a focus on community. So whether that's how you build your team spirit inside or how we are a part of helping, you know, what's going on in the world. So moving to downtown, being very close with the downtown project and, and the things that they're offering. Um, and then as Zappos having a focus on being present and helping out with the community. Um, it's just all a big part of our big focuses. We have what we call kind of our four C's at Zappos. Culture is obviously one. Customer service. Clothing, because as a, as a retailer, that's uh, a big opportunity for us to continue to grow our brand. Right. And then, and then community is the fourth one. And those are some big picture focuses that we have as a company. So it's, it's working in tandem with the new location of the office, with the fact that Downtown Project exists and is there and is building great things. And then just as a company, we're always focused on what can we be doing to help give back. Sure. No, it, it sounds, I mean, terribly interesting. I'm very curious to see how that all pans out. And hopefully we'll hear some more about that as you guys move forward with that project. The last uh, the part of it, uh, as far as the, these unique aspects, there's a rumor of a nap room. Is that true? And how does that work for everybody? Yeah. So there are, I believe, a couple of nap rooms in the new office. Okay. We used to have just one. But it's just a space that has sofas and comfortable chairs. And, uh, you know, we know that you may be working long hours, especially during the holiday season. 
you know, and you've got that time built into your day, whether it's breaks or lunches or, uh, or a little bit of extra time. And if you really just need to get caught up, there's a spot for you to go and get caught up. So I know for, for a while in the old office, we had the nap, the sleeping pod, mm-hmm. like you might find at an airport. Sure. And I think somebody said that, that we got another one in this building. So I'll have to go find it. <laughs> <laughs> now, is that something that you have to make up the time for? Or is it just sort of like a, a trust thing? Like, okay, we get it. You need 20 minutes and then you'll come back. Or I mean, how does that kind of play together? Yeah. So it's typically built into, you know, like you take it on your break or your lunchtime. Right. Most, okay. most folks have an hour allocated for lunch and, and lunch usually doesn't take much more than you know, 30 minutes to really eat and enjoy. So, sure. You know, and we, so we ask that you're responsible with it, that if you're going on a break to catch 15 minutes, that you set an alarm or tell a friend to come get you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I think if you absolutely slept through it and you absolutely needed it, as long as it wasn't, you know, a weekly habit, uh, sure. it, it would, it would be, it would be not too bad. No, it sounds, uh, I think we've all been there. A little nap at work doesn't sound like a bad idea once in a while. Just to recharge, I think it helps actually in the long run. Oh, yeah. Now, how about in terms of the types of talent and skills that you're looking for in your employees? Of course, with the success, you guys have been able to collect these individuals who must have something you've seen that works best. What do you point to as being those those aspects that you really want from your employees? So mostly it is just alignment with the values. We actually have one half of our assessment for a prospective employee is set up around establishing culture fit. So one half is skills. Can you do the, the skills required for the job you're applying for? And the other half is alignment and not alignment like, you know, Tim, could you change to be like this or could you live with this? But really deep down at the core of who you are, mm-hmm. do these values resonate? So you can actually go to zapplesinsights.com and there's an area on the right side to, to give us your email address you can get a, a information pack that has all those questions there between 10 and 20 questions we may ask per core value. Obviously, we're not going to ask them all. That would be 100 and some odd questions just for the culture side. <laughs> right. We're going to dig into it and really see. And then part of the assessment may just be the overall general feeling that the recruiter gets okay. about your fit. Um, and then other small aspects that, uh, that become really important is if we brought you in on a shuttle, Anything that sticks out as particularly good or bad to that shuttle driver can get back to HR. Hmm. Interesting. So the interview, the assessment can actually start long before you hit our campus. Right. So it, it really is the number one driver. It's the way that we can scale our culture is to make sure that we are hiring folks who are aligned with the values. Obviously, then there's less of a, of a required buy-in period when you come on site. It really is showing you that, that this is who we are. Mm-hmm. But that's really been the, the biggest tool. There hasn't been, you know... Obviously, with skills, we need to hire programmers. We need to have folks that can do the basics of the skill. But what we look for as equally important is alignment with the core values. Sure. No, I think that makes perfect sense. And, and a lot of companies have, have leaned that way more. And it seems like you guys have clearly bought into to that idea as well. Uh, Johnny, I appreciate everything you've brought up today. And we are getting a little low on time. But I wanted to give you the chance to... As a takeaway for our listeners, what's one thing you would want them to really get from this conversation we had about the company, about the culture, anywhere you want to go with it, but just to give them that, that final comment, that final uh, you know, interesting remark that they would want to uh, take away from this conversation? Yeah, Tim, it's really just about uh, your overall approach. And if you can really get to the heart of what's driving you, what's driving you as a person and what's driving you as a group and, and define that. And just start making small changes towards living that and really commit to it. You can make a huge impact on your company, on the bottom line, but also on your brand and, and how people you know, see you as a, as a company. So the whole idea of culture is this big 
abstract thing that may take a, a while to really implement. The first change is just saying, cool, who are we really? And when you can really lick that and, and write that down, you're on, on the right track. And then you can start making very small change that will turn into great change in the long run. Well put. Unfortunately, though, that will wrap things up for this edition of Management Decisions and our inside look at Zappos, who has spent six straight years on Fortune's 100 Best Companies to Work For. So clearly, they're doing things the right way. We have been speaking with John Wolski, the Zappos Culture Evangelist. John, thanks again for giving us some insight into the organization. Thanks for having me. And as always, we'd like to hear from you, the listeners, as well. Maybe you have another company you're interested in hearing about. Just send us an email to ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com. Once again, I'm your host, Tim Muma. We'll talk to you later.